Did you hear that, Alan? He was giving thanks for my beautiful wife. Did you get that? Yeah, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> when that low, it's on tape. We got it recorded. Yeah. It's beautiful. When that's lovely, yeah. Um, one thing I've learned over the years is uh, you have to be really careful about what you know you are right about. Uh, that you're sort of setting yourself up for a fall when you know you're right. And I've also learned as a preacher that it doesn't matter what the preacher's opinion is. It really does not matter. His task is to give to the people of God what God's Word says to the people of God. And, and he, it, if, if one is just offering an opinion up here of conviction, um, it, it, um, it's just an opinion. But if one is speaking on behalf of the Word of God, the point is, what does the Word of God, the Scriptures, the Old and New Testament, say about how to live, how to grow, how to behave, and on and on and on. So I'm going to present you something this morning a little bit different. And um, it, yes, it happens to be my conviction. And it's one of those times where I, where I could say, I know I'm right about this. But it does not matter whether I know that or whether somebody said I'm right about this. I hope I can convince you to consider something that may be different for you and convince you based on the record of Scripture. You'll never guess what we're going to talk about this morning uh, until I begin talking about it. So uh, let's begin. In the 63rd Psalm this morning that we recited together, a wonderful psalm of praise, of just, just you know, somebody lost in wonder, love, and praise for the Lord, David, writing that psalm and giving to us that we might say these same words because we couldn't say it better ourselves the way he says it. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So even in that place of spiritual dryness that we have sometimes, the, the yearning heart of the faithful follower will ultimately be rewarded. And so uh, he says, because of that, even though this is a spiritually dry time for me right now, he says in the fourth verse, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hand. And that is what I want to speak with you about this morning. Raised hands. Some of you perhaps raise your hands in worship. Some of you do not. And I want to try to sell everybody on the spiritual value of raised hands. Now, just to make it a little less anxiety-producing, uh, we can add this caveat I am convinced this is an essential posture of prayer, at least in your private prayer time. In other words, if it just feels too awkward and different and strange to do it in front of other people, you feel self-conscious, I'm not going to let you off the hook with that. Um, and to say, this is an essential spiritual behavior and posture, at least when you are having time alone with God where no one's observing, you need to get your hands up. Psalm 134, verse 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. 
That's an invitation in public setting in the sanctuary. Psalm 141, verse 2, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Psalm 88, verse 9, I call to you, Lord, every day I spread out my hands to you. Psalm 143, verse 6, I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you. Psalm 119, I lift up my hands to your commands which I love. Well, there's six entreaties from Scripture, from the book of praise, the Psalter, that says that uh, this is an important posture for the follower of the Lord. And so Paul will kind of put the icing on the cake from the New Testament. He's writing to his young protege, Timothy, uh, in that letter, the first letter of Paul to Timothy. And he says, I want men and women everywhere to guess what? Lift up holy hands in prayer. So what I'm offering to you is a thought this morning that what may seem like a very, very little thing, a physical posture of raised hands, is not a little thing in the spiritual realm. That somehow, whether one raises hands or doesn't raise hands in prayer and worship, there's a spiritual threshold that can be crossed that will enable and empower and uh, make more intimate your relationship with the Lord. There's something mysterious about involving the body in prayer and worship as well. And that's what um, I'm thinking about this morning, these raised hands. And not only that, uh, let's unpack this a little further and talk about the subtleties and intricacies of raised hands. Because actually, there's much more to it than you might realize. Because we usually just say, I don't raise my hands in worship, I'm not comfortable. Or we say, I raise my hands in worship, and I'm, I'm comfortable doing that. And what I want to offer to you is, there are at least eight different kinds of raised hands that you might employ in your worship and praise and offering of yourself to the Lord. At least eight different kinds. Uh, depending on how we use our hands, determines what we are saying or praying, it seems to me. So you might call these eight different wordless prayers to the Lord. This one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. I left out one, but we'll get to it. So let's start in a place where it's safe. Yeah, this does not mean touchdown. No, no, no. Um, so first of all, let's play, start in a place that is familiar to every child of God. Raised hands like this or like this. I mean, we teach our children when we pray, let's put our hands together and pray. Well, we're involving uh, our physical body in worship. And, and this is to... Uh, Get our hands off all other things. You can't hold an iPod or a cell phone if you're like this. So it's saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to close my eyes, which another helps my mind to focus. And I'm going to put my hands together in this fashion to help my body to engage in this act of prayer. So it's really quite a lovely thing we do uh, when we even start here. 
So the first one, clasp. The second one is openness. Raise hands. Now, many of you have done this for years. You just were doing it with a songbook in your hands, so you, it didn't, you didn't think you were raising your hands. But you're holding the book like this. And uh, if you would just get the book out of the way, your hands are raised anyway. And uh, we don't have a book in here, so you can't, you know. Over there, they raise hands every Sunday. Everybody does because they've got their songbook. And, uh, and uh, so th- this is a posture of um, saying, God, I, I want to receive today. I want to receive. This is an outward and visible sign of an inward spiritual disposition of the heart. Lord, I want to receive something from you, an insight, a word, a thought, something to enable my life out there. So this, uh, see, the, the opposite of that would be this. You know, this is a, the not open to receiving. And so this is raised hands in a posture of openness. Now, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, every good cowboy and Indian has always known this one. Uh, get your hands up, right? And there's usually a gun pointed at you, and you've got to put your hands up. And uh, it means what? Surrender. I give up. It's a posture of vulnerability. And when you do this before the Lord, it's a posture of vulnerability before Him. It's saying, Lord, it's no longer about me. It's all about you. Take over my life, Lord. I want you to be in control of my life. I've messed it up when I have control. I surrender. Fourth one. Maybe the most beautiful one of them all. It's, uh, it's this one. Uh, this is uh, what I call pick-me-up dad. Uh, because every four-year-old child, and I remember my own four-year-old children as they went through that stage, when I'd come home from work, they'd pick me up, Dad, pick me up, Dad, and they're reaching for me, you know, like this. And um, it's a beautiful posture of praise of the follower of Christ, simply to say, Lord, I just want you to take me up. Uh, just take me up into your loving arms, because Jesus does that. Um, so this is the pick-me-up, Dad um, form of raised hands. Or it could also be the, um, you could call it the rescue me is uh, I am sinking in the quicksand of my life. I am desperate. Lord, pull me out. Help me out of here. Halfway through, the celebration raised hand, the victory, crossing the finish line. That's the one that the hands are outstretched and even higher, higher than surrender, higher than pick me up. And just saying, I saw thousands of hands in the stadiums yesterday of raised hands cheering on their teams, celebrating an anticipated victory. Thousands of raised hands. Imagine those same raised hands in a spiritual setting because we're celebrating God's victory, Christ's victory over death, God's victory in our own lives. He's rescued us and He is victorious. And so therefore, I am victorious and life eternal is before us. And on and on and on. Alleluia. And so we reach heavenward. The heart's true home, longing for that great celebration at the end. This one's a little bit more subtle, but one can shift. And uh, instead of this or this, uh, kind of, it's um, you make yourself into kind of a funnel. And so the hands are stretched out to the Lord, and there's a V that comes down, and the point of that V is right at your heart. And the prayer of this 
posture of praise is, fill me, Lord. More love, more power, more of your Holy Spirit, more of your grace, more of the fruit of your Spirit, however we might be expressing that or articulating that. This is a posture of, Lord, just fill me today. Um, just give me more of you. Um, and then there's a, the risky one. Um, this is the one hand raised. I call this the volunteer hand. Um, send me. Here I am. I'll go. Teacher, don't you, can I, you know, teacher, teacher, I'll, I'll go to, you know, whatever it is. And, um, but what about a child of God, you doing that before the Lord and say, Lord, I'll go. Take me. Let me do that for you. And we can get to an eighth one now. I really am convinced there are more of these, but here are eight ones we can kind of dwell on today. And uh, the eighth one is um, the pointed finger one. You can do that with one hand or with two hands, the pointed finger. And um, what this says is not we're number one, which is what people of the world had their hand up like that for. They're saying our team, we're number one. This says he is number one. He is first. Or maybe saying, Lord, you are first in my life. But we just, just that pointing acknowledgement to him, no, it's you, Lord. You, you, you're the center. You're the center of it all. You are first and foremost. So what I want to offer to you this morning is obviously some food for thought. That as a spiritual habit, that it is, I'm going to argue from the book of Psalms, from St. Paul's lips, I'm going to argue that it is essential that we raise hands, at least in our private prayer, and that it is a mighty good thing if one can be unbound enough to raise hands, as the psalmist said, in the sanctuary, in public worship. It is overcoming self-consciousness when we do that. Now, I am the uh, most self-conscious of all people. I've told you that before. I've been growing in that area most of my life, trying to become less self-conscious. And I realize it sneaks up on me all the time, and I'm worrying about what other people think all the time. And uh, with raised hands, obviously, one feels so self-conscious. And as you've noticed here in this worship, I, I am a fairly pop avid fun, uh, hand raiser. And I have grown into that. But there was a time when I could not raise my hands. I just couldn't get them up. There was a time when I didn't see the rationale for raising my hands. And now I do. But even after I understood the rationale, it was very difficult for me to raise my hands. And so at one point, I even started closing my eyes so that uh, I didn't worry about the people looking at me. I, by closing my eyes, uh, they couldn't see me because my eyes were closed. That kind of we can kind of get our own minds turned around with that, and, and it would work for me, and sometimes I still do that if I'm in uh, settings where I don't feel quite as, if you will, secure. It's I simply close my eyes so I can be lost in wonder, love, and praise. So I would offer to you, there are only two people opposed to raising hands in public. Uh, one is you, uh, if you're one of those opposed to raising hands in public, and um, I'm okay, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to change your mind, but, uh, uh, but, um, uh, just uh, trying, but there are some, you know, I was opposed to raising hands in public once as well. And the other one is Satan. He's opposed to us raising hands in public because he knows that there's a spiritual threshold we cross when we raise hands 
that brings a person closer to the Lord. And so he loves it when he succeeds in convincing us that we should not raise our hands in worship. So why raise hands? It's a unique and wonderful way of connecting, of prayer, of entering in, of communion with God. It's sacramental, the outward and visible sign of an inward spiritual heart's desire and desire to be connected with the Lord. Why raise hands? It is how we get all of ourselves into prayer and worship. Uh, We'll say in a few minutes in this consecration prayer, I'm, I'm sorry, we won't say it in this service. In one of our consecration prayers for communion, we will say, in here we offer and present to you, O Lord, ourselves our souls and bodies to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice to you. So it's how we get ourselves physically into prayer and worship as we get our hearts spiritually into prayer and worship. And let me tell you, why raise hands? It can mean an important spiritual breakthrough in your life. Freed from self-consciousness, Freedom to more fully worship your Savior and Lord. And it will bring you blessings. So remember what I said at the beginning. Is this an essential spiritual discipline, if you want to call that, or spiritual habit? I would argue from Scripture, yes, especially, or at least in the privacy of your own prayer time when you're by yourself. But it is richly optional in public settings, and it is particularly powerful for you to offer this sort of worship in public. So, what's the purpose of this morning? Well, it's an invitation to try something different. It's acknowledging it's just a little thing, raising hands, but it's not a little thing in the spiritual realm. And what I'm telling you is, I believe you will be blessed if you cross that threshold. And God will be glorified through your acts of praise. Raised hands. Amen.